We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? There's going to be a new NBA champion this year, and it might even be the Lakers. And that's because they blew out the Golden State Warriors in Game 6, 122-101, to to punch their ticket to the Western Conference Finals. (laughs) Yeah, fuck that, Corgi. You're listening to the Laker Film Room (laughs) Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Hour Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. (laughs) Guys, as you can already tell, I got the celebratory wine out. Uh, It's it's one of them nights. And it's not just because we won the game, although it's a big part of it. Mike, you were there on the scene on a great night in Lakerland. We're in the final four, my man. Talk to me. You know, I didn't follow the Corgi situation too closely, um, I have to say. But I did catch a tweet from Harrison, um, our friend, in which <laughs> I, I believe his wife was giving the, the too small sign uh, to a Corgi. <laughs> corgi. That was funny. Um I guess that I guess I should start where where we left off this morning, and that's with LeBron James. Uh, I I just think that you know Anthony Davis was still the best player in the series. I thought overall, but this was the type of LeBron game uh, that you know just masterful. Ten for fourteen from the field, eight or nine in the paint. 30 that's points. why I have the wine out, Mike. He looked yeah, great. I mean. It's Vino. It's, it makes me think of Kobe, like in, in year 20 of in just in terms of the uh, the elder statesman, but still able to dominate mm-hmm. and still able to dominate the Warriors. Um, that's that was to me where this game started and where um, I think the hope of the Lakers continuing to go on in, in this in this way rests with LeBron, because we know what AD is bringing the role players don't care if they start or how many shots they get. Uh, they really are all in on supporting the duo um, as best they can. And uh, and I thought like Dennis was the epitome of that tonight. One for six gets tossed out on a absolutely ridiculous call. Um, and yet, right, he, one for six. But like he was so key um, against Steph early and kind of setting that tone and switching the lineup around. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll go to you guys for your reactions. But I came out of that thinking about. LeBron uh, beating the Warriors with AD at his side and, and you know, managing his body through the season, through the series for a second straight time so that he could give what he had. Uh, and man, he had a lot. Yeah, we talked this morning about this being a superstar game and your stars. This is the moment that you need 
these high caliber players in order to step up and win you a game. And we talked a fair amount about LeBron. We talked a fair amount about AD. Like, I think the big picture stuff about LeBron is super important. And just his ability to summon a game like this and read what's needed. AD was incredible, I thought, in this game. The rebounds that he was grabbing, he was playing... Big boy rebounds. He was playing just at a different level. 10 in the first quarter. Do you guys remember that game Rampage? Yes, I loved that game. Come on, man. Darius, are you going to say that you're awesome at this too and then not play me? Oh, man. <laughs> Look, we could team up in Rampage, Mike. That's not That's the true. game where, That's we, true. Like, where right. we battle. You, like, you we all, Kong? like we you all on the same. Mike, do you want to explain this? Because this is a 1980s <laughs> reference as we don't go past the year 2000. Just, just think about it this way. Big ass um, animals. King Kong and is Godzilla, mutants, basically. Mutants, yeah. King Kong, Godzilla, climbing buildings and smashing the windows, and you got to smash them in the right way and in, in the optimal way to make them come down quick. You eat yes. people, yeah, yeah. You take it down buildings, right? And so, you know how you would like run and jump, and then like jump to a certain part of the building, and like you're way up there. Uh-huh. That's how I felt. Anthony Davis was grabbing some of these rebounds. Is that he one was that he op- grabbed that was like still on the square? Like it wasn't often. It wasn't goaltending, but he was just like yoink, just two hands in the square. Just ridiculous timing. So on that play, he had actually contested a shot from Dante Divincenzo and altered that shot. And then Wiggins, I think it was Wiggins who ducked in in order to try to get the offensive rebound, tipped it up tipped it again. It's sort of hanging up there on the rim. It rolls off. And right when it rolls off, AD is leaping up and just snatches it down and secures it. it. Yep. He falls to the ground, but then covers up the ball and then gets the outlet. I thought AD was incredible. Um, LeBron was just just a throwback, unreal LeBron performance, Pete. Well, you said this morning, D, that idea of LeBron stepping forth as an offensive player allows AD to recede in a way that, you know, can turn out the lights for another team. Yeah. That was the Golden State Warriors in a game six that they scored 101 points, man. Yeah. And after the game, I don't know if you guys... 38% field goals. Yeah. I don't know if if you guys got a chance to listen to Steve Kerr post game. He was excellent. Yeah. Kerr's post game, I thought, was like a master class in just sort of like expectations management and post-crisis like leadership in his own way and settling things down. I thought Kerr was great, but you could tell that what was the idea going back to the Memphis series? This idea was that like it was going to be the Lakers who could be worn down by Memphis, like the younger, better athletes, just fresher legs. But this series, I thought there was still that idea of the Lakers being potentially susceptible to the Warrior speed. But I think our conversations internally were more, and I say internally, like us three talking, was more about the potential for the Lakers to wear down the Warriors yep. over the course of the series. And I thought, I thought the Lakers defense was good today. Um, I thought AD was great. I thought Dennis was great. But from a team-wide perspective, I thought that they were good. But Golden State missed a ton of shots, Mike. I thought a lot of the reason why was 
the, a combination of Lakers defense and just the Warriors just being worn down by bad. this point in the series. And Kerr mentioned that playing every other day probably did contribute to Stephen Clay, but playing every other day against this physical a Lakers team, I thought wore them down, Mike. Well, I, I've liked how throughout various points of the season, you know, Pete especially has gone to a lot of rock, paper, scissors analogies. And like, I wanted the rock tonight. You know, that was the yeah. Golden State small, LeBron, AD. Like this, this to me, Pete, to speak to, to just zoom out a little bit on LeBron and AD and Darius and I have been going back and forth in our pregames. Like, all right, so what, what's LeBron and AD's playoff winning percentage now? Damn, like that's, that's pretty good. And, and now they're six and one in playoff series together and the one loss was when ad got hurt and they were going to win that series if he didn't you know they're they haven't had the time of draymond and steph and clay but they are an absolutely dominant duo um that i think the circumstances of these last four years and all the injuries and the bubble and the bubble tax and the trade and all that has has just um put a bit of a blanket over that and it's now like some of that it's being kind of ripped off again Mm -hmm. even though lebron is in year 20 and, you know, that to me is what, like the Lakers had a lot of other guys step up. Austin was awesome, uh, right? It, it, we'll go through. D'Lo was making shots. Lonnie off the bench. So there, there's a lot of such. We already talked about Dennis. But really, this is still about LeBron and AD. And if you want to go small against the Lakers, mm-hmm. and as Golden State did, you're going to get that hammer um, at least enough times. And nobody's been able to stop when healthy that hammer uh, and even again even with LeBron not being able to go to it because he's 38 um, but he went to it enough tonight and I know it's not that simple Pete but that uh, that to me was is still sort of the essence of what those two guys are together um, and that can be on on defense uh, mm-hmm. which it certainly was and on offense I needed to see tonight from LeBron just in terms of how he was moving it's not the production or the final point total but he has a certain way like when he's really going that just like the way he rips through his it, it's, he's got these very quick twitch type of movements that it wasn't that he like dominated in an old man kind of way which he can certainly do there's times where he just gets a guy on his back and it's just back him down back him down back him down draw a foul or get a layup type of thing but i wanted to see like moses moody can't guard lebron james and i wanted to see that like lived out in a in a game and to see him able to access that D not just again, the production level, but the, just the way he was moving again. That's the, that's why the, the wine out is uh, the wine is out tonight because my biggest concern about this team was that if LeBron can't get to that anymore, and that's going to be a time that comes for him just as it's come for, for everyone else, it's just taken longer to get to him than anyone else. And so that's been one of my fundamental questions about this year, even post trade deadline is like, can LeBron still get to a certain level that that's necessary on offense to allow that AD dominance on the defensive end and him fitting in and picking his spots, right. And to slot guys like Austin and D'Lo appropriately so that their contributions are helpful, but they don't have to be leading an offense in game six type of thing. And to see LeBron do that, I think there are, there are more challenges ahead against bigger teams, but to see LeBron do that on, tonight, I was just, I just loved how he was moving and it just gives me a lot of hope for the future. Yeah. And to be clear, all of that's true. And he still wasn't moving as well as he was like four months ago. Of course. Right? Like he tried to rip through on Wiggins one time and it was a turnover and then it went the other direction. He tried to rip through on Moody 
one time and Moody stoned him and LeBron tried to spin back the other direction and lost the ball there too, right? I think those were his only two two turnovers and they came on times where he tried to put his head down and drive and just couldn't get by. Couldn't get the Uh, corner, yep. Yeah, he just couldn't get there. And those are the things where it's like, that is going to happen more to him. But to speak to your point, this game was one where he, I thought, where he was at his ultimate best was the pace in which he went from defense to offense and hunted paint opportunities, not just in transition, but in early offense post-ups. And this idea of we're going to play faster. I thought Golden State took advantage of the Lakers in game five by just racing up the court. Yep. Draymond and Steph, I thought, just raced up the backs of Lakers defenders and got into advantageous positions where they could either get layups or get open threes. And I thought LeBron, in the way that you described him moving around the court, a lot of that was like these angled slashing drives towards spots on the floor. And a lot of times that did lead to to baskets or fouls right at the front front of the rim. But other times it led him right to 12 feet where suddenly it's just like, oh shit, LeBron James is backing down Clay Thompson mm-hmm. or or oh he got cross matched on Jordan Poole. And it's and those were the matchups, those matchups only happened because he sprinted into right. the front court and now it's just like well we have to track him and and in the same way that like Steph inspires a certain amount of panic like he's in the open court someone better find him it doesn't matter if it's Steph Curry's man right it's just like you just have to find him and when LeBron is racing up the court you better mark him you can't just be like oh well that's Wigan this guy I'm just gonna let LeBron loose no if you do that he's gonna get a dunk Mike and I thought he leveraged that so many times tonight in order to create good offense for him and for the team so very similar game sixes for LeBron uh, against Memphis and tonight against Memphis he was nine for 13 uh, from the field and in the paint uh, he was five for six seven for let's see at the uh, for the free throw at the free throw line in that game, he only got to the free throw line two, uh, three times actually uh, in that first game. And then tonight, though, he got there much more often. Um, and in like the let's see, what he end up being eight for sorry eight for eleven from the free throw line, eight for nine in the paint, and and then he was two for three from three. So that's the the sort of surgical precision of LeBron and the focus level. And I, I think of it sometimes like when I started watching LeBron, it was it was obviously in in person at least it was working for other teams. And I think if you just try to put yourself in the perspective of a Laker fan watching the, this Warrior series and how the fear of when Steph gets the ball and where is he mm-hmm. when LeBron's on your team or the team that you're covering, the team that you're watching. I don't know that you that you all you kind of take for granted what the other team is thinking when he gathers the ball and when he puts it on the ground and when he gets even a half step towards the basket, because then you're you're done. You know, there's not there's not anything. Ultimately, that's still what's made him who he is ultimately so big, so athletic, so powerful, can get there, can finish there. And in year 20, still had enough of those in him um, to put the Lakers in this dominant position. And that's, by the way, we always do this, uh, or at least I do, talking about the offense first. Um, I thought he was super sharp on yeah. defense. 
um, for. And that's what that's the other thing you know you're not going to be able to get all regular season or every quarter in the regular season or even every game early in the series. But I, I think that you expected to get that tonight. And man, uh, you know, the Warriors were just they weren't getting a lot of good looks and the ones that they were getting, you know, were, were difficult shots and sure they miss some open ones because of what, what it requires when LeBron and AD are at that level athletically, like that's a lot of human. That's a lot of, those are two of the best (laughs) athletes in the world that you're having to deal with. And, and that was the full force. Pete was so 30 points, nine rebounds, nine assists for LeBron. Um, in the preview that I put up for Lakers.com, and I mentioned this on uh, the pod that we recorded this morning or yesterday morning now that it's 12.02 Pacific time, is classic closeout game for LeBron in yep. the LeBron AD era. He's been right at this sort of number, like 29, 9, and 7, basically. And tonight he's got a 39 and 9. And was he the super physical, like, I'm just the best athlete ever player? No, he wasn't that. But guess what? He had enough of that in him combined with what I asked for earlier this morning, which was that mental focus and fortitude of I'm not losing this game and I'm bringing everyone else with me and I am setting the tone for this group. And he did that with his mental engagement. And then I thought AD did that with the physicality and the level that AD can still access as like the I'm in my prime guy. And it was overwhelming for a Warriors team that wanted to downsize. And this was the key maker game for the Lakers. I'm so glad you ended with that because that if you listen to this morning's pod, I had a degree of concern about the forwards in particular, right? And that I thought it was a toss-up type of game. Mike got me to like 55%, right? But I, yeah. one of my biggest concerns about the roster, the team, and this is from somebody who believed that we could get to this point long ago, right? That this was, if we nailed some things that we could get here. My biggest concern is sort of like the size and physicality of the team. And I do think that between that 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 the Denver series will certainly give us a lot of information on where we're at in this respect but when that whole lot of human between LeBron and AD are have their motors ramped up to 100 which they just can't do every single game they are they contribute everywhere you know what i mean it's not like a level yes. of superstardom where it's just a single aspect or two in the game they do everything and they do everything in terms of like force and size and all of that. And it's complementary to one Exa- another. Beautiful point. Yes, it's they're complementary. Like their force is different from each other's. And so it's this combined force together that allows you to start Austin and Dennis and D'Lo, none of whom are physical players at all. And that's why I was like, oh crap, we're going to have, we're going to have Wiggins who props to him for toughing out a, an injury tonight. Draymond, who I thought was really bad and I wasn't expecting that. That level of force None of those guys, they're Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, guys like that. They cannot. None of them had nothing no. for, for these for guys. For an Anthony Davis. They just didn't have it. When LeBron is your your second guy in this respect, it's just such a handful. And Lakers handled their, their business and manhandled the Warriors. Let's take a break, come back, keep talking about it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So you closed there, Pete, in talking about Draymond and Draymond in game five and being there in the building. Um, shout out to Darius's wife. Um, to just cla- like classic Warriors fan, did a great job throughout the game. Um, was excellent. <laughs> it was great to meet her. They Draymond alpha that game, like from yep. the start. And that was, and he was the presence. And, but like what I was thinking, and again, to apologies for reiterating, I don't remember exactly what I said um, on this morning's pod because I did a bunch of San Francisco radio randomly. It was, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say randomly. Did they ask you stupid questions? Honestly, it, it was okay. There, there was a little bit of trying to do the baiting into like, well, if if AD is fine, then why was he, you know, that whole thing. Then why did he go off the floor like that? I'm like, well, I mean, you know, you can ask the, the NBA team like – doctors that have a strict protocol for this it's not like their Lakers and it's the lying, Warriors doctors you know, who like examine them right it's and the Warriors right, like the Warriors doctors yeah, the home like, team is the one responsible when there's concussion protocol and things like that it's yeah. the home team that examines so, them it was bad and it was it's a little so bit stupid. about the free throw stuff but I I just but but it, but it was very easy for me to then deflect that and make the points that I was trying to make and, and like the the I think that the theme that I felt was and Pete, this, this came out too when you were talking about the forwards. And that's where there aren't another set of forwards. And I know AD is a center, but he can function yeah. as a forward um, as well because of how much he can move into positions. Like that, I have never seen that be met yet, um, whether in a series or even in a game. Like with those two together. And when you know, because it's game six, that you're going to get that effort, that, that to me is everything else trickles from there. And I think that that's what... Part of what happens when the, with the roster turnover is that the guys coming in, they were all, you know, not rookies or anything, but younger, young-ish, mm-hmm. like where there was no question as to who are the two guys to follow after and to model after and, hey, where can I go? Where can I be? Rui constantly asking LeBron, what do you need me to do so that I can be better? You know, Russell figuring out how to tailor what his game can do and how it can fit. But Pete, you're right because of some of the skill that they got, and this specifically with Austin and um, and with D'Lo, and to an extent with Dennis. Although Dennis is a dog as well, it's like they those two can set all of that stuff up, but it requires a lot of force from those two, and that's why it can be tough in a regular season if you don't have more overall size exactly. and force. Because on on the given night, when you go to Detroit on a back to back, and all those young dudes are coming at you, or like that, that's the difference though between a playoff series, and it's why LeBron and AD have been kind of saying quietly behind the scenes, like, look, get us in a yep. series, you know, and like we can, we can marshal our forces together enough times to win four games. And, and that is ultimately what this team is about. And, you know, I don't, 
I'm already tempted to start thinking about. I'm like, oh, who does Darius think that the matchups are going to be? And if you know, I know he's been thinking about yeah, no, it a no, little bit. No, I, I'm <laughs> putting the never, Darvin Ham on it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing what Darvin yeah. Ham said so to BT in in post game on that. Yeah, but but just in the context though, because of of this conversation though, like it, LeBron and AD do present a very different uh, problem for Denver than what the Timberwolves were starting Cat and Gobert, right? And then the the Suns were starting whatever version of Aiden that was. Uh, Paul was hurt. And then Booker and KD, who are both jump shooters um, for the most part, right? Like, it's a, it's a, this is a different type of a matchup now. And, you know, for the Lakers, Jokic is certainly a lot different from anything that they've seen in these two series. But they have seen him before. You know, they, he's, he's better, a lot better than the one they saw in the bubble. He's much more aggressive. And I'm already doing what, you, what I just said I wouldn't do. <laughs> but I'm just thinking all of this contextualizes around this duo, LeBron and AD. And then, like, the part of the, this team that reminds me of 2019-20 is that that team, it was a lot of the same. They got thrown together that year. And then LeBron and AD kind of with Frank Vogel, and now it's Starbenham, but picked which of those guys fit in which spots in which series and then plugged them in. Um, to basically give the best version of themselves of that matchup. And that to me is something that this this Laker team is great at. And I don't know if people understand. Uh, not, not people as people that listen to this podcast. I know you understand um, that watch the team every day. But I, I think that's the part of the LeBron AD duo that is probably a little bit not understood for what it is uh, on, on a larger level. So I mentioned LeBron's stat line. AD had 17 points. He had 20 rebounds. 17 of those, I think, were on the defensive end. 17 defensive rebounds. And, and there's nine. He only took nine shots. So he took 10 yes. free throws. But for a star offensive player, they did not go to him as much as they probably could have, should have, would have. And he was like, all right, I'll grab, I'll grab 20 rebounds. I'll block two shots. I'll grab a couple steals. I'll get, it, get a couple assists, you know. Exactly. Three assists, two steals, two blocks. Just a dominant night. I'm glad you brought up Darvin within the context of like the 1920 season and skewing things and shifting things in order to get to a place where they can be the best version that they need to be for the opponent that's in front of them. This morning we talked, I wrote this at Lakers.com, but one of the headers for my three things post was like, is one more adjustment coming? And hell yes, one more adjustment was coming. Darvin went to Dennis. He went to him in the starting group. Pete, I was listening to Steve Kerr talk afterwards. And one of the things that he said just from a tactic standpoint was Dennis changed their passing angles on their pick and roll coverage. And Dennis's ability to get over the top of screens allowed AD to play at the level or below. And it meant that he could go back to defending one of their screen setters. And he didn't have to defend Wiggins. They put him on Gary Payton II. And suddenly AD's around the basket again. After not getting a block in two consecutive playoff games, he got two of them this game. And Steph straight up smoked a wide open layup. Footsteps. Because AD was creeping. He was just in his peripheral. And when AD's around the paint, the other team is going to have problems. And the we talked about it this morning. The adjustment we were looking for was finding a way to get AD closer to the paint. And it had to do with 
not a tactical switch up from a schematic standpoint. It had to do with a personnel shift. And so Darvin coached a hell of a series. Toe to toe with Steve Kerr. The Lakers won this series four to two and they went in and I mentioned this before, Pete, but they went into this series with both teams doing what they do, right? Warriors with their beautiful game, two bigs, passing play, and then they and then they scrapped that. And the coach who adjusted next almost always won. And Darvin adjusted in this game. And his team won and they won big. And so I'm just passing that off to you. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, I was, I had a quick, I had a quick different thought because I, in the background now, the highlights are going and Austin just hit the 55 or whatever yeah, yeah. footer it was. What, what was, uh, what was your house reaction? Uh, and kind of thought, because it's, it's just, a, it's a moment where even if you don't like the team that does it, it's just kind of like, yeah. whoa, you know? So <laughs> I think it's important to note like the ebb and flow of that first half Lakers jump all over them, go up by 17 with that starting lineup. I think that group was plus 22 in 23 minutes or so. And so they killed it. But the end of that second quarter was very annoying. I thought, for the most part. And then I feel like I, I don't remember the play. Maybe you can help on this D, but I don't remember the play before the three, but I think we got two points off of it. And then Austin getting that three, pushing it back up to 10. It was one of those things where they'd cut it back down. They went on a 16 to four run, I think, to end the first quarter. Peter, it was a, so D-Bench, obviously D-Bench missed, or missed the block, AD blocked the layup, but the previous score was Looney had a dunk inside from Clay. Oh. Um, to to cut it from seven. No, I think it was the block. About, like right after D. No, no, I think it was the block. Okay, yeah, eighty eighty block Divincenzo. That the was rim, one yeah. of those blocks where like the flow of the play. I thought it was going to be a layup, but AD just transcended time and space <laughs> and got the block. Like it shouldn't have been been a block for most players. And so he got that, and it was kind of a five point swing. In that, I thought that play was going to go to. I thought it was going to go to a five point game at halftime and it ends up at 10. And so going from being like thoroughly annoyed D at blowing the 17 point lead, they had us on our back foot for a decent part of that first half. And then Austin letting it fly, looking back at the clock and then channeling the spirit of Jerry West to knock it down from past half court, man, just an awesome moment. So I was so mad. You too. Yeah. Just so I can set the scene. A somebody, little somebody bit. admits a rotation or something. And Darius is like, his displeasure scale is acting up. Like he's, <laughs> you know. This was a rough 12 days around the Soriano household as games were traded and, and the Warriors winning a game and then the Lakers winning a couple of games and it's 3-1 and then they bounce back and it's 3-2. And my wife was at game five so she was super happy mike mentioned shout out to to my wife because she had some good seats and she was apparently not too far from where the media was sitting so mike went by and said hello got sent a selfie with uh with my wife and mike and that was great my kids saw the picture and they were just like it's mike and which is how they always react when they see mike because <laughs> yes. mike's a celebrity yeah, mike's TV. in our house because he's on tv <laughs> i'm just pissed off like it's basically a seven point game. It should be double that mm-hmm. based off of how the flow of the first half went. The Lakers cl- were clearly the superior team and the Warriors were h- hanging in there with, I don't even know how the game was that close. Like if you look at the box score, well, you, you couldn't find champions. the points. You know, that, that's why. 
No, but I'm just saying if you actually looked at the box score, it would be hard to actually find the points. Oh, the, like, yeah, like, I did that. Yeah. I did how that, how yeah. are they this close <laughs> when everyone is stunk? <laughs> They had a million offensive rebounds yeah, is the yes. short answer. But um but and, yeah. But I was just like, they've made thirty percent of their shots and the Lakers are shooting fifty-two percent and it's an eight point game at one point. And I'm just like, this actually doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Like, anyways. So I'm watching this whole time when we've been here together, me and my wife at the house. I've been watching the game in a separate room because I've said this before. My my wife is an excitable fan and I love that about her. She is a sports fan, especially basketball. But my feed is behind where the cable feed is because I'm watching it. I'm streaming it through like um through an Apple TV box or whatever. So I'm behind in my feed. And so I'm walking in and I'm just like, oh. and she's giving me a look because I'm just so upset. She's like, if you're going to be this bad, just like basically just go back to the other room was sort of the vibe that that I was getting. But my feed was behind. So now I'm watching the game because it's at a different part of the game than where I just came from. So I'm just watching. So I see the play set up. AD comes out of nowhere and gets that block. Austin turns and he just fires it. And my wife is in here. My kids are in here too. Austin and then all net. And me and the kids just scream, and then my <laughs> wife is just. Those hurt when is. you're on the receiving end of those. Like the, I was thinking about that because, like, oh, man. if I'm a Warriors fan, I'm like, oh, we're about to go down. You're we're be seven. We're fine. Yes, we can't hit a damn shot. We're gonna hit some shots. She said it too. She said that shot made me so deal. mad. <laughs> yes. You can feel you can feel it in the arena. You can feel it. I've been. You can feel it like walking back to the locker room area. You can see it in players' body language. You know, because basketball and like a, to get into my sports or metaphor for life thing, but that like that's what happens. Like when you have a when you have a, a, a memorable instant, uh, or even if it's uh, just one play like that, like you can you can really feel that uh, in in a game like that. Well, Mike, no one knows this better than Warriors fans. How many of those shots has yep. Steph hit? He will always fling the ball. And think back to just a game ago. He hit that freaking step back three from like 28 feet right before mm-hmm. halftime, pushed the lead up, and and it was just like, oh, damn it. And that was like the dagger. He, like he twisted the knife with that shot. And so th- for the Lakers to sort of recover and get back to 10 points, I thought that was huge. And and. And it really did set the tone for the second half that the Lakers sort of like grabbed back some of that momentum where they really should have been up by double figures. And Austin made it so that they actually were. That Seth three put them up 11. Also. Yeah. And it, and it came right after. Remember, we talked like it came right after Clay um, hit a three and AD turned the ball over when Looney picked him. And that was the same thing where the Warriors played better. Yep. They got off to a big lead. Lakers battled. All of a sudden, it's a five-point game. And you're like, oh, maybe they'll just steal this in five. And then after that run, they the, what happens to start the second half? Like, then Curry gets a layup. And it's just you're – like, these teams are – both of them are too good um, to be able to give that much of a cushion to, uh, in, like, barring something weird happening. Uh, and and that was – so I, I know we spent probably a little too much time on it almost. It just was such a – and the fact that it was Austin – and how like Austin, we were talking early in the series, Pete, about his legs yeah. and he wasn't quite himself. And then, well, he, he found him. 
He found him the last three. Uh, he was awesome. Uh, three straight games. He's not the only one that's tired, right? He's not the only one with legs issues. And I think that that's something that the second half of that game, of, of tonight's game, struck me on two levels. One was on the fatigue and conditioning element. This has been a topic of the last couple of seasons where we've had these really small rosters and lineups for a lot of that time where it's like, if you're significantly smaller than your opponent, you have to play harder than them, right? And to do that game after game is difficult. And the level of difficulty that that matches corresponds to the level of size and athleticism advantage that they have over you. And that's something that I know that like free throws and the referees were something that Warriors fans tried to make a big storyline in this series. But it's like if the bigger athletes are attacking the basket and being more aggressive than the smaller ones, you're always going to get a massive advantage like that, right? And then the second element of that was I was I was struck by the Warriors' body language in the second half and fourth quarter was like not a team that believed they could come back, which re- which for a team like that is like, oh, that's interesting that they apparently felt that way, right? And so in Austin's case, those the the legs, it's part of the war, right? Is a guy like him is gonna have to chase Steph around for a bit. He's gonna have to chase Clay around. Oh yeah, we're gonna have to you gotta run point guard on the other end too. Oh, yeah, when D'Lo's doing that, yeah, hit some some spot-up threes as well. So he's got a lot of different roles, D, and that his ability to both fight through the fatigue when his shot was starting to sail and whatnot, but also kind of, I thought he caught up to the pace of the series. He had three straight good games, right? And so we talked about legs, and I do think that's a factor, but I also think this is a second-year player that's never been in this type of basketball before adjusting to it and i thought he passed with flying colors as the series went on if austin has taught us anything over his two years in the nba it's that he is a quick learner and that the learning curve can be steep but he's able to scale that mountain right and is he going to have his ups and downs he is right? He's not the most gifted athlete, even though he's like a great athlete in his own way. He just has moxie and fight. And he understands his own game in a way that a lot of players never really learn their Mm. own game. He had Steph on him and he went between the legs crossover and then he went back behind his back. And then basically put the shoulder in Steph and then elevated for the and one. And Steph sort of looked back at him and Steph gave Austin a very similar look to the look that he Mm -hmm. gave Lonnie when Lonnie buried one right in his face. And it was sort of like because Steph caught up to him and he ended up contesting him fairly well. But Austin just sort of like bullied him a little bit and got him to a spot where he just finished. And... That play and the play where Austin missed the corner three, went and got his own, and then the ball came right back to him and he just said, the hell with it. I'm shooting another corner three because I'm open again. And then he buried that one. And then the play where he missed the interior shot, got his own offensive rebound, and then basically acted like he was dribbling out against DiVincenzo and then circled right back in. Draymond stunted at him and Austin didn't buy the stunt and he just went up and finished the layup. Those were all plays where it's like, 
I'm sticking and, with and it. And he wasn't doing that earlier in the series. This, he would pass out of that earlier in no, the series on that he was giving He was giving the ball up. And all, all year long, the earlier part of the year, he was doing that too. And so there is a persistence to his game that if you're not a Lakers fan, like, and you don't watch, I get it, right? You don't like him, the grift, like, oh, too many fouls. He gets a superstar whistle and he's a second year. I get oh, it. Yeah, yeah, no, Whatever. All, all the freaking hipsters around the NBA would fucking love this kid if he played for any other team. But this kid has something. And I just thought he was great in this game. And for all the reasons the Lakers won, and for all the reasons you win any game by 22 points against an opponent that is as good as the Warriors, you need performances like LeBron and AD, obviously, but you also need a performance mm-hmm. like Austin Reeves, just like you need a performance like the one that Dennis gave, just like you need a performance like the one that Shout out to gave, too, where yeah. I was just like, yeah, where I was just like, hey, man, like this, like, this don't look like a Rui series to me, but right, right he when got we were talking a about that. couple defensive <laughs> possessions. At the beginning of the fourth quarter, got, I, I, I text him like, Rui's got to sit ASAP. Right. And although like as I as I watched it play out, it was like in terms of when a team breaks physically in terms of their conditioning and their belief and all that, that's our biggest group. That's our biggest front court. And so that's Mike was talking about a lot of a lot of human coming at you when you throw Rui on top of LeBron and AD. It's just like, man, that's 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 a lot. And I'm uh, gonna, I'm going to avoid talking about how that might be a little different in the Denver <laughs> series, um, as you have already banned me, and we're we're getting late into the night here. But you know, I think that the last point that I'll make, uh, and just a guy we didn't spend as much of a time I'm talking about tonight. So Lonnie Walker, mm-hmm. you know, he just a player that has proven that he can stay on the floor, um, and not just stay on the floor, but be an additive. Um, I, I thought like there were a couple of defensive plays, like he committed five fouls and hey, a couple of them were, gave you, six. you know, he was yeah. getting a little overzealous, but he was, but he was battling, he was battling. And, you know, for him to be, to give the Lakers a different look, not just in terms of the shooting and the spacing, but being able to attack off the dribble, um, to have him in play now, you know, going into the next series where you've got your starting five, we'll see you how they want to figure out what to do with Vanderbilt. Um, I think it's actually interesting to think about going small, which sounds a little crazy um, in some senses with Jokic, but like, who's he going to defend? But now that you have not just Hajimura and either Vanderbilt or Schroeder, then you've got Lonnie Walker, you know, then we'll see, you know, maybe they bring back somebody like a Wenyin or uh, into the mix, but that's, you know, that's enough and it's more depth than Denver has. Uh, And it's just a, it's, it's when you get, a certain level of LeBron and AD to kind of go back to my forever point um, that then you just need some guys with different versatile skill sets that you can plug um, in play. And I think that the song and dance of that, the coaching staff is learning it and there's no way to, there's no better way to learn than to win together. Um, and now they've, they've just put on paper, they put on wax, they beat Memphis and they beat Golden State. And these are two very good basketball teams and two very different basketball teams, which right there yes. tells you a lot about who the Lakers are. We're going to the Western Conference Finals, y'all. We'll be back on Monday to start our preview of it uh, against a very good Denver Nuggets team. But until then, you've been listening to the Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. Baines has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires. It's in! They win! Lakers 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 win!
The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. Van Exel to win it. It's on the way. Good. A lot of Laker fans sticking around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two, one, listen! Bryant! Unbelievable. For the victory. It's over. Shot clock now to five. Bryant. Yeah! And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic. Trying to disrupt Rondo, he puts it in. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.